gentlemen it's seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's the other guy on the other podcast john hoke here and live and direct from exotic valdosta georgia hello diana hey only it's even more exotic i'm in new orleans <laughs> Ooh, what you? Oh, you down there for Mardi Gras, huh? No, no, no. I'm here to move my mom into assisted living. <laughs> but oh. oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear Mardi that. Mardi Gras well, sounded a lot more fun, didn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll just pretend you're you're partying down on Bourbon Street. Uh, you can find my good friend John Hogue's work at hogwash.com meanwhile over at the other mccain.com you will find lurking about the internet the writings of my partner here mr mccain and diana blogs occasionally at her website mm -hmm. as well yes I yes do. you know i had a uh uh had a email exchange with my uh, uh youngest daughter who's a college freshman and sent me a copy of her uh uh, of a paper she had written uh and it was about um it was about an obscure conflict in a, in Azerbaijan mm -hmm. that I'd never heard about the NK conflict or you, you yeah, got the yes. Karabakh yes yeah the anyways and, and she and boldly for a college freshman she she you know came out and said well, this article that she was reviewing, this article is basically wrong because, and then went it, it went through the whole history of the conflict, going back to you know the mm -hmm. Ottoman Empire and everything mm -hmm. like that. And I, I replied to her. I said, "Well, you know, uh, if you'll research this author, uh, she is like the expert on this region, you know." And, and so it's it's very bold of you to just say she's wrong because the experts are so often wrong, you know. And then I, I recommended to her uh, that she should read "The Best and the Brightest" by David Halberstam. Well, yes, mm -hmm. but the, you see, he's a Tennessee boy, you know. Yes, but mm -hmm. the the, uh, the the thing about the experts are is the experts are the people who have been wanting us to follow the science. Yes, mm -hmm. and let me give you give you let me give you an example of the science that uh, came out this uh, past week. Um, now that Putin is rattling his nuclear saber, FEMA has put out uh, uh, guidance on how to protect yourself if you're uh, far enough away from ground zero to uh, survive the blast. And it's a fallout uh, shelter you're mm -hmm. talking well, about. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, you better anyway, be a distance away, too. <laughs> well, it, it also it helps to be uh, upwind. But um, mm -hmm. try to maintain, a, this is I'm quoting, try to maintain a distance of at least six feet between yourself and people who are not part of your household. If possible, wear a mask if you are sheltering with people who are not a part of your household. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in the event of World War III, COVID becomes kind of a secondary consideration well, to not, me. I, I'm sorry. Tertiary, well, even. Well, yeah, but not only that, but this came out after the CDC changed the guidance. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, but this is the science, and uh, mm -hmm. there it is. Uh, but, uh, Stacey, you ha had a, had a, a, an interesting thing about, uh, uh, you're catching up with me. I've been writing uh, since the uh, beginning of last year, 
about how uh, science is more political science mm -hmm. than, uh, when we're dealing with the science. Yes, and, and, and my favorite blogger, Ace of Spades, remarks, quell coincidence. <laughs> At the polling memo from Impact Research, which has helped elect Democrat candidates at all levels, end quote, advising Democratic candidates on how to pivot away from their ill-advised COVID zero maximum lockdown stance on the pandemic. The obvious proof that these lockdowns were never necessitated, to use their yeah. phrase, is the experience of Florida, which has been wide open since the summer of 2020, with no apparent harm compared to the Democrat-controlled states. So, so just on the eve of, of at the time when um, uh, they figured out that this is unpopular with voters. It took them about Duh. three months after they got the floor wiped with them in Virginia. You mm -hmm. know, uh, at, after about uh, three months, they, they've decided that maybe that was a bad idea. So what they're going to do is pretend that none of this ever happened well, and hope that the voters are stupid enough huh. not to notice. Well, but I mean, look, this is the difference between the science uh, and science. Mm -hmm. um, these, uh, the science initially told us, don't wear a mask. It's not going to mm -hmm. do any good. And then they said, oh, which no, is gotta, true. Uh, well, well, let's just look at it from the point of view that an engineer might. If you look mm -hmm. at the size of the gaps between the fibers in a surgical mask or a cloth mask, mm -hmm. um, if you look at the gap between the, the five, and then you look at the size of the airborne uh, particles part, what, that are part, viruses. Well, well, the viruses themselves, I'm not talking about where someone has sneezed and you're talking about large droplets where the vi mm -hmm. virus might be riding on. There is some protection for there. But if it's just the airborne aerosol virus, um, the ratio between the gap between the filters and the size of the virus is roughly the same as the gap as the opening in chain link fence and a house mm -hmm. fly. Yes. And so if would you put house would you put chain link fence in your windows to keep the flies out? No. Well, if you, <laughs> and so you know that's that's uh, that may not be the the science but it is engineering. And by yeah. the way this is the reason why they were telling us don't bother uh, uh yes. you know a two years ago. So uh, yes, <laughs> and so you know it's it's political science, which is uh, not scientific. Not science at all. At all. <laughs> no, it, it it's just absolute nonsense. But that there's been a lot of nonsense this past week, uh, oh, and yeah, uh, I, I nonsense I, on parade on well, stilts. No well, less. to the point yeah. where. Uh, I put up a, a, a thing on the blog saying, look, I was thinking about sober blogging uh, the uh, State of the <laughs> Union me message, but I just can't put up with the punishment. I'm going to go look at the highlight uh, reel and make some comments then. And mm -hmm. so I did. But Stacy, you you apparently have spent the week following this a little tight, more tightly than I have, including uh, on the Sunday shows with Stephanopoulos. Oh yeah, oh boy. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, by the way, I I, uh, <clears throat> I uh, tried to watch the State of the Union. <laughs> it didn't last very long. I had to mute that sucker. Uh, mute that <laughs> sucker. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. But anyways, uh, we are it works so either way. <laughs> doomed. Okay. Yes, ABC we are. <laughs> anchor George Stephanopoulos said Sunday on this week that a new ABC News Washington poll post poll shows 54% of Americans mm -hmm. do not believe President Joe Biden is mentally sharp. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, this uh, raises by the, way, the, the question who are the 46% do? Well, well, yeah, because I haven't well, met the, any. Well, no, if you look, just because 56% uh, don't believe that he's mentally sharp, that doesn't mean that the rest do. 
<laughs> they they may have they may just not care or they may be questioning the thing but uh so uh, if if it's 30 percent who actually think he has uh well stephanopoulos <laughs> said this during an interview with uh peppermint sake Chin Saki, the White House spokeswoman. A majority in our recent poll out this morning even questioned the president's mental capacity. Mm -hmm. How's he going to turn that around on Tuesday night? That was the State of the Union, you know. Mm -hmm. And her answer, and I'll quote it in whole quote, you know, George, from covering State of the Unions for some time, that it is about delivering a message to the public at a moment in time. And if you look back, when President Obama gave his first State of the Union, it was during the worst financial crisis in a generation. Okay. You notice to this point, she has addressed none of his questions. Mm -hmm. When President Bush gave his first State of the Union, it was shortly after 9-11, Leaders lead during crises. That's exactly what President Biden is doing. He'll speak to that, but he's also going to speak about, wait for it, his optimism about what's ahead and what we ha- all have to look forward to, end quote. Well, I'll tell you what. He keeps saying he's going to build back better. and I would just assume he'd uh, go back and leave it the way he found it and then yes. <laughs> just to, and then leave us alone from there. But, you know, I, I listened to his uh, speech uh, highlight reel and I guess, well, I, I, I wrote that the best summary of my reaction to it was that Putin has a better chance of uh, winning the hearts and minds of the Iranian people mm-hmm. than I, oh. than Biden has a winning mind, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that was just an amazing flub. That, that I, I, I did he say Iranians or did he say Uranians? Because I I, I could have sworn I heard Uranians, and I was thinking, uh, this is beyond anything no. I can. Well, it was, an ast- it, was a, it was an astronomical error. That's for sure. Yes, I, I'm, yes. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. By the way, that I I I muted it. I I was I had it on. You know, I have my office TV on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's I, I keep it. It's it's slightly behind my right ear at a low level. I I live mm-hmm. close enough to DC that I can pick up WCSP, uh, uh, which is the. A, uh, which is the FM station run by C-Pan, C-SPAN, and they, they have their important audio feeds on mm-hmm. it. And so I just turn the radio into the background, and you know that's the way I do it. And so I, uh, and so, uh, I was sitting there, you know, typing away, and, uh, and I heard him say, uh, I, I, <laughs> what was it? Okay, hang on a second. He says, it said, it said something about trickle down economics. And at Mm -hmm. that point, I'm like, mute. You know, I'm sorry, you're dusting off talking points from the Mondale campaign. What do you, does anyone, yeah, I am, have I, did I actually blog this or? No, I don't think No, you you did did not. (laughs) I was ranting uh, uh, on a uh, platform where I'm banned. That's what it is. But but here's the thing about it is, is that is that the phrase trickle down economics dates back to like Herbert Hoover or something. Mm-hmm. Well, as a, as a matter of fact, I have a, uh, a meme up on my blog, which is a miss me yet uh, poster that has a picture of James Buchanan, Herbert Hoover and Jimmy Carter on it. Now, why did you select Herbert Hoover, who actually was a fairly competent person, rather yes. than, oh, Warren Gamaliel Harding? Yeah. Well, the thing is... Well, I, I wanted to give, the, I wanted to give the, uh, my Democrat uh, cousins a chance to Snickers, too. Uh, the, ah. thing, the thing about it is, is that, is that when, you, when you start talking about trickle-down economics that mm-hmm. tells me you don't understand economics at all or it tells the me reason- that well that tells you me that you do understand it and are a liar 
it's one of the two. The reason why this was a phrase used to attack Ronald Reagan's Mm pro-growth supply-side economic policy. Mm -hmm. Understanding this, that the problem of high marginal tax rates constitute a disincentive to investment, okay? Mm -hmm. You can't make capitalism work without capital, okay? Mm -hmm. It is about the people invest their money where they think they can make a profit, okay? When you start treating the possessors of wealth as criminals, okay? And you're going to confiscate their earnings and and mm-hmm. punish their success because you understand people lose money on investments all the time. You're punishing this, this confiscatory uh, policy of high marginal tax rate is is essentially punishing success. Actually, it, it, it's, mm-hmm. even, it's even a little more gnarly than that. The high marginal <laughs> tax rates on current income, okay, like there was a 70% ma- uh, rate above, above $100,000 income back when, uh, after World War II, and Kennedy got it down to 50%. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that meant that uh, you were at least breaking even on making uh, more money than that. Well, that's, but that, that's what somebody who uh, isn't wealthy, who is trying to accumulate capital to become wealthy, that keeps mm-hmm. them out of the, that keeps them out of the club. What, mm-hmm. but, but, the high, but the high capital gains tax also keeps investment from churning. I may have an investment that is profitable, but it might be more socially profitable for me to invest in something new, right? Mm. I might be making I might be making money uh, invested in uh, General uh, Motors, but maybe I should move my investment to Intel to to try to uh, generally boost the economy. But if you're going to tax or diversify anyway, but but if 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 you if you're going to tax me because I'm getting out of the buggy whip industry and getting into <laughs> semiconductors, uh, then I still have a valuable asset. I can borrow money against it. And by the way, paying the uh, char- uh, charge the interest off my uh, taxes if I'm uh, smart. But mm-hmm. if you let me, uh, and, I, and I'll do that if, if, if the t- marginal tax rate is too high. Lower mm-hmm. the marginal tax rate. Now I've got an incentive to maybe uh, take my investment in buggy whips and, and put it in uh, semiconductors. The, um, the, the point is, is that this class warfare rhetoric of mm-hmm. calling a uh, pro-growth policy trickle down that's what this is under the assumption that what um, the uh, working man gets uh, mm-hmm. from the wealth of the rich is is a like yeah yeah in other words it's like something that's handed down to him instead of the fact that you've got a job okay mm-hmm. if your company makes a profit okay can attract capital investment. Okay, I mean, I mean, the fundamental assumptions behind the phrase trickle down economics, it's as a statement of politics. Okay, it may win elections, okay, because people react emotionally, people hate the Mm -hmm. rich, whatever. Okay, that Mm -hmm. may work at an emotional level and and drive people out to vote Democrat at the poll. But when it comes to an economic policy, this hostility mm-hmm. to success is anathema to economic mm-hmm. growth. See, now, I come from Georgia. I grew up in Georgia back in the day when most of the state was still rural and, and mm-hmm. man, they had a pro- business at this was a completely democrat run state back in the day by the way but they mm-hmm. were very pro business okay you didn't have mm-hmm. any of this left wing because those people needed businesses they wanted jobs okay yep. and they did what they had to do 
to get there. Well, but you see, they also mm -hmm. wanted a, a tax base. Right. Okay. Where do you think the money for welfare comes from? If you don't Your have pocket a growing, and mine. If you don't have a growing economy, what are you going to tax to provide <laughs> the money for the services for the people you want to help? So even you if ever... you're in favor of a, a liberal welfare state, don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg. Stacy, you're ranting. But <laughs> but we like it oh, anyway. You wanna, now, hey, ask me about public education if you want to hear a real rant. No, because I would rant over the top of you on that one. And I come from a family of public school teachers. But My he, mother he, was a public school teacher. Trust me, don't and, get and, me started. Oh, uh, my aunts just uh, were at the point of rolling their eyes. Uh, they're all uh, gone now, and, and they probably would be crying if they could see the, mm -hmm. the conditions of schools they taught in. But here, <sighs> the, and, you know, here's what we're, we're dealing with. It's, we have two factions now. The, the mm -hmm. typical faction that uh, I will think of as the old guard, the Bernie Sanders people are using this because uh, Bernie Sanders probably uses it because he's a dedicated Marxist. Uh, the mm -hmm. people who um, who used it other uh, in his generation in the Democratic Party were using it because they were funded by the already existing existed wealth, wealthy. What we have mm -hmm. now is a, a cohort of essentially uh, software and uh, digitally based robber barons who mm -hmm. uh, are now trying to become the club themselves. And so th this is this is what's going on with using this sort of stuff in order to, you know, uh, close the gate after they're already there. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, don't don't expect don't expect uh, uh, the kind of uh, truth uh when you're dealing with narratives uh, that are in support of somebody's uh, mm -hmm. uh, wealth and position. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we, we talked about the science uh, at the <laughs> beginning of the thing. Uh, I'm going to throw out a little bit of real science. Oh, no. Stacy? Is there going to be a pop quiz? Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, depends on Be sure who buys. to take notes, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, be sure to. It, well, uh, you know, the, the loser buys uh, supper tonight. Uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about my solar-powered Volkswagens. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a couple of Volkswagens, and a 2014 Beetle uh, with diesel engine and a really nice... Uh, kind of little hot rod uh, 2021 GTI. I'm not going to tell my Volkswagen joke. Uh, well, I, I can tell mine. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, they're both solar powered. And people are looking at me like, what is this guy talking about? Look, Let both me explain. <laughs> yeah, well, no, both cars have internal combustion engines and they run by uh, burning hydrocarbons uh, with oxygen. Mm -hmm. Now, the hydrocarbons come from fossil fuels made from petroleum, and the petroleum uh, was created down on the ground by compression and heat over time of organic matter uh, that's been buried in the ground. And the organic matter came from the remains of organisms, plants and animals that lived uh, uh, in the past. Now, the brontosauruses that are actually pulling my car... Uh, uh, survived because they were eating vegetables, uh, uh, vegetable matter that was lying around at the time. And those plants synthesized the organic molecules that were useful uh, for the brontosauruses um, by photosynthesis, okay, uh, of, of water and air and stuff out of the ground. So basically that photosynthesis was powered by photons from the sun. So the energy to run my car uh, came from sunlight. It's yeah. just been in storage for a while. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well, no, I mean, it's not th you can think of it as a very, very slow battery. I mean, batteries are mm -hmm. chemical processes that store energy. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's been going on here. So, you know, there you have it, Stacy, And uh, you're here, you, you get ready for the pop quiz this evening. The energy mm -hmm. that to run my Volkswagens 
came to Earth as photons emitted by the sun, right? <laughs> and so did the energy uh, that uh, created the fossil fuels used to charge my neighbor's Tesla. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, to quote, uh, to quote uh, the uh, science book that I suffered through in fourth or fifth, in fourth grade that uh, made Richard, Richard Feynman furious and made him cry, energy makes it go. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, the, the believers in, in green technology, okay, <sighs> have not looked, simply don't look at it, and speaking, I'm, I'm going to back to my rant territory, they have not <laughs> looked at it from an economic perspective. They haven't looked at it from an engineering perspective. Right, they right, haven't right. looked at it from a practical perspective. Right, the, the point is that the the energy required to mm -hmm. produce a solar panel or to produce a windmill is greater than the amount of energy that will be derived from those things. That's not, ne that's not necessarily true, but the problem with windmills Windmill is, is. is they're, they're made out of things that can't be economically recycled. And so you have Certainly to put those not. big 60 foot long blades into a landfill. <laughs> they're fiberglass by the way typically uh, uh or i thought they were ceramics well uh the the really the really uh, tonnage the ones that are being made in tonnage lots in china are typically fiberglass ah okay but uh the other problem is uh do you know what uh, the silicon is doped with in uh, a solar battery tell me tell me arsenic <laughs> Ah, yeah. yes. Did did you did you know that there's a lot of cadmium and other heavy metals in those things? And there, yes. there's no economic way to recycle them. And by the way, on some poorly mm. poorly made ones, that stuff leaches out into the soil underneath the array, poisoning mm. the soil so it's no longer useful for agriculture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and, and that, that's just it, you know we we're just touching the highlights mm -hmm. of the of the basic problems with this uh, uh, green technology boondoggle mm -hmm. well, you know, the that the yeah. Democrats are selling. The silic mm -hmm. silic silicon comes uh, is made out basically out of sand. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, And sand's pretty easy to get to in lots of ways right on the surface. But things like lithium mm. uh, for lithium-ion batteries or nickel metal hydride batteries have nickel yeah. in them. Guess what? Metals generally have to be mined. Yes. How do you how do you mine metals? Uh, <laughs> with bulldozers and with diesel engines. Yes. Yeah. And scoops. So, see, and, well, and this, know, but but the people, the 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 sort of uh, uh, what's that woman, Greta Thunberg? Yeah, the Greta Thunbergs <laughs> of the world just get, don't see obstacles. They don't see uh, trade offs. They 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 simply don't think economically okay no the in girl's words, asperger's she's a she's completely obsessive on one subject and and the and and the other thing is and and i you know i don't want to get in arguments with people i hate arguing <laughs> uh, i want everyone to agree with me uh the the <laughs> point is is it, and you know who pointed this out to me uh, as a matter of fact it was phyllis schlafly pointed out how large how large the atmosphere is okay it's a very large thing okay and, you know in terms of square miles or whatever cubic cubic feet whatever metric you want right tons of oxygen nitrogen carbon dioxide and trace gases yes yeah yeah but the, but but the point is is that the environment in the long run you have to understand it's self-correcting, okay? In other words, we have a volcanic eruption, okay? It produces, um, you know, a, 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 a long winter. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, uh, volcanic eruptions are huge, right? And, and can, you know, Krakatoa, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. Mount St. Helens, some of the, the ones in our lifetimes have been, mm -hmm. you know, it releases huge amounts of gas. And guess what? Over time, the atmosphere handles it. 
Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, and they, th- what they do, and Thomas Sowell, thank you for uh, pointing this out. What they do is they engage in extrapolation. Okay, so look, here is this trend. I'm going to start here, and I'm going to show that to the present day that the temperature has increased X amount. Extrapolating that forward as if this is a certainty that the current trend will continue. Or that, they, or that they actually have data that re- represents an actual trend. Right, right, right. Well, it doesn't matter which it is. The point is, is that they extrapolate. Well, Thomas Sowell points out two things, that whenever people start telling you about a trend, where's the starting point? How did you decide on what Mm -hmm. the starting point of your trend is. If you want to show something increasing, you go back through the data and you find a low point, okay? Or if you want to see something declining, go back to a time where the the data point was high, okay? But, you know, don't pretend that in doing so that your choice was coincidental. Okay, that's mm-hmm. one thing. The other thing is there is no necessary reason to believe that any current trend will continue um, indefinitely uh, you know, as, as a certainty. I can think of one trend that will continue with reasonable certainty. And that is? The need for people to pay attention to the yellow button. Yes. See, uh, okay, I, I'm going to get, it's time for our greedy capitalist break, and I'm going to finish my thought, damn it, <laughs> when we get through. Uh, but anyways, I don't know why you interrupted me. You know, it's it's, it, it's just because, like, uh, it just, because, you know, I, I, I was building up to the climax, and then you said, uh, you know, uh, okay, well, meanwhile. If you will, go, folks, if you will go to, if you want to see organized thought, um, uh, you, you can go to my blog, theothermccain.com, and near the top of the center column, you will notice a yellow button that has the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, uh, yen, we're not taking pesos, euros, whatever you got, except apparently rubles have been now oh. banned. Yeah, MasterCard, Visa, and PayPal. Yeah, cut them off. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, man, that's bad when they cut you off from PayPal. But, you know, have they booted them from Twitter yet? Well, meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> if you will... If you will click the yellow button and donate, uh, you will help support the blog, help support the podcast, and, of course, help make my wife happy, which is job number one, right? Okay? I do this blog. I do this podcast. And uh, it it helps keep my wife happy if I actually make money therefrom. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, Hogwash.com. Alas, I don't have Mrs. Hogue any uh, more, but uh, it does make me happy when people support Hogwash. And if you go to the um, a sidebar on the right there, you'll find the icon of a tip jar. Click on that. Be taken away to my PayPal account. Or you can scroll down and find the link to shopping at the Hogwash store. Or you can use the Amazon shopping links. You'll find it both our blogs. We participate in the Amazon affiliates program uh, buy uh, through one of those links and you pay the same price, but the uh, a blogger who participates in that gets a cut, little cut of the action that helps support us and a nice thing that Amazon does. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes, because we're actually working for this. This is not a grift. <laughs> no, no, wait. Hang on. Hang on a but second. But there are plenty Don't of those. I told you I was going to finish my point. But segue is- into the grift. I- I'll get there. Okay. Not but, hard. <laughs> but Thomas Sowell, and if you will go read his book, 
the Vision of the, vision anointed, of the anointed, which which I highly recommend. It's the best single volume analysis of the psychology of liberalism. But just points, just read any of his books; they're good for you. Uh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. All his books are are very good, but. Um, he points out that this extrapolation, uh, this tendency to say at the current rate, by the year 2040, whatever. The uh, Erdegeist mm-hmm. was gone uh, 10 years ago. Whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, yeah. This, this use of extrapolation from current trends. We only had uh, 20 years to save the planet in 1985. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, this, this fear-mongering uh, use of extrapolation, okay, it's easy to prove that's false. When my son mm-hmm. was 13 years old, I used to say, well, if my son keeps growing at the current rate, by the time he's 25, he'll be 11 feet tall. Yes, but see, <laughs> this is one of the things in engineering we learn about a thing called a limit cycle. I mean, you mm-hmm. can only you can only go so far and then you run out of something. Right, right, right. And, and, and so, so all this fear mongering about global warming as an excuse mm-hmm. to shut down. Right. Fossil fuels. It, it is a war against the internal combustion engine, and it is it is it is unscientific and, from my standpoint, evil. Speaking of mm-hmm. evil, yes. Well, you were the, you had that piece about you got a couple of pieces about grifting. Yes, uh, one of the headlines was infamous race hustler uses <laughs> Ukraine war to you guessed it. Hustle race. And mm-hmm. the uh, headline uh, uh, comes from uh, New York Times Hannah Jones, uh, that's Nicole Hannah Jones, uh, claims racialized bias coverage <laughs> of Russia invasion due to Ukrainians' white appearance. Now, this is <sighs> trying to one up Whoopi Goldberg for the dumbest comment of the month or. Uh, anyways, it, it's but um, well, I don't know. Uh, Putin referring to Zelensky as a Nazi kind of yeah, uh, and a banderite, a banderite. I I was like, you're not serious. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, at one point, yeah, you know, I, I'll say at some level that of course it is correct that America, being a civilized nation founded by Europeans, that culturally we have a greater resonance with, say, for instance, the war in Ukraine Mm -hmm. than we do with, uh, for example, uh, what is the Tamil Tigers? Where are they? Ceylon. Ceylon. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Yeah. The insurrection in Sri Lanka has been going on forever. There is a civil war going on right now in Ethiopia. Okay. You know, yes. there are these kinds of conflicts all over the place. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's not racism, in, you know, in any real sense of the word, to say that we look at what Russia is doing in Ukraine and are horrified because we remember the history. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is that, you know, uh, American boys died, okay, to try to bring peace and democracy to Europe, okay, uh-huh. and then we had a 40-year eyeball-to-eyeball nuclear standoff with the Soviet Union to try to bring an end to the communist menace, and mm-hmm. now here Ukraine is where, by the way, the Ukrainian famine uh, was a, a oh. genocide every bit as much as, you know, the Stalin's terror famine in the Ukraine, about which mm-hmm. students nowadays don't learn anything, by the way. Well, actually, they, they don't do know, even know, the, you know, I have to say that there was an awful lot not taught even in my day. Well, but no, the, the point is, is that there are some cases being taught that it didn't happen. Oh, right. in that case, that that's uh, that 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 needs to be smacked Robert down hard. Robert Conquest. Robert yeah. Conquest. You know, 
the the red uh, harvest, famine yeah harvest of sorrow i believe yeah. is what it what the title it's called the harvest of sorrow you're right yes anyways okay. but that's another book yes. you can buy through our amazon affiliate links meanwhile and you what should I saying, <laughs> what i was saying is is that because we know what ukraine has suffered okay mm -hmm. and, and when we remember the history of the soviet union and we remember mm -hmm. You know, the two world wars fought in Europe. And so we look at what's going on in Ukraine. And, and yes, yeah. we, are, we, are, we are shocked in a way that we're not shocked or terrorized by what's going on in Sri Lanka. Okay, mm -mm. the Tamils are not going to come to America to nuke us. Okay, the mm -hmm. Tamils don't have nukes. There are no nukes in Sri Lanka that I know of, nor <laughs> in Ethiopia. Okay, we're on the brink, and I'll get to this in a minute. We're talking about the brink of World War Three here, and yep. but but she, the grifter, has to grift. All mm -hmm. she's got to pedal. The only thing she's got to sell is racial hatred. So, of course, she finds this as an opportunity well, to but, sell it. Well, but that just and AOC she... was doing the same thing, and somebody in the in the L.A. Times. I mean, this is just—it's just like the group think is frightening out there. Well, it's but it's it, it's it's they're trying to develop a new narrative to get a hold of of, of what's going on. Meanwhile, though, <laughs> it's not got, it, It's like Rick Wilson. Oh, you want uh, to talk about, you know, you know, uh, by the way, my policy generally uh, with uh, never Trump types is to try to forget that I, uh, their existence, to, to mm -hmm. ignore them out of my mind, because it, uh, if mm -hmm. I paid attention to them too much, uh, you know, it, the, the rage would be uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. uh, but but meanwhile, I've got a, uh, right now, the top post on my blog is never <laughs> take military advice from or give money to never Trump grifters. And it, it, um, it starts off, I give you a little background mm -hmm. on Mr. Rick Wilson, who uh, in the 2002 Senate campaign in Georgia, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, basically called Democratic Senator Max Cleland a disabled Vietnam veteran. Uh, uh, basically call, question, called into question his patriotism and associated him uh, with Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. Now, by the way, the people who are younger than us may not remember Max Cleveland. Yeah, and and you know, uh, he Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter did a couple of really good columns about this. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I don't know if you remember this because they were trying to the the liberals. Uh, mm -hmm. We're trying, especially in the media, we're trying to depict Max Cleveland. Mm -hmm. As a war hero who had been wounded, he was ne he was not wounded in combat. He was fragged nope. by his own troops. No, okay. he wasn't. He dropped his own bloody grenade and okay. Well, that didn't the have the good sense to run away. <laughs> yeah, that's the other explanation is that he dropped his own grenade. And I, I, you know, I, I. But the point is that he he was not wounded by enemy action. But at least. Mm -hmm. He had the uh, patriotism and sense of valor to go and be exposed in a fight. Yeah, maybe he's hmm. not. Uh, well, anyway. maybe he's not Daniel in a way, but there are certain but, people that you just you, know, you have to respect their patriotism, even if you don't agree with. Anyway, Sam Coulter had because the liberals really got upset about this this ad campaign, mm -hmm. the, the attack ads on Cleveland. And I remember this at the time. And, and you know, and I come from a. a, a uh, uh, the national championship school of politics where win, get the W, okay? Mm -hmm. But as I say, as political crackback blocks go, that was one of the most brutal hits in recent memory. I mean, it was really, mm -hmm. I, I mean, but you got to understand how democratic Georgia has been. 
in the past. People think it's all Republicans and stuff, but uh, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, there is a lot of, uh, it's tough, okay? Uh, there, especially back then, you know, with someone like uh, Max Cleland, Sam Nunn, Republicans had been beating their head trying to elect a Republican senator down there for a long time. Well, so, it, was, mm. it was, look how long it took to even get a Republican governor. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes. And a Republican majority in the legislature. So, um, so yes, it is. Uh, but that was a political crackback block, as I, as I mm. called it. But uh, uh, anyway, so... Um, well, the- uh, uh, here is his, but now that he's gone completely deranged on anti-Trump <laughs> syndrome, uh, Rick Wilson uh, sent out a tweet uh, offering his military advice, suggesting that America could transfer A-10s oh. uh, planes to Ukraine and have pilot contractors could fly them in con- contract and there was an excellent item by Jim Thompson at Red State explaining <laughs> why that can't happen. Well, right. I got three or four reasons, but my principal reason I would think about it is as a pilot. So unless you can get, you know, like a retired uh, Air Force or Air Guard A-10 pilots as to be those contractors, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a, I've been a pilot. You don't just get into any airplane, not even a little uh, Cessna trainer, without some sort of checkout. Well, something mm-hmm. else that... Um, and then think about run, running the weapon system. That uh, Jim Thompson yes. pointed out is, first of all, that that uh, you can't send a uh, Warthog, which is a very slow-flying plane. You can't mm-hmm. send that into... Uh, in, into a hostile place where you don't have air supremacy to begin with. Right. You, mm-hmm. you, for every warthog you send, you need to send a couple of F-15s. And, mm-hmm. but because, and the reason I say you need to send F-15s, maybe F-16s, F-A-18s, something like that, is mm-hmm. why do you think that the, the systems that need to integrate between the various members of this flight group None of that equipment's on a MiG-29. Nope. And uh, he said you also need AWACS, you need ground support, you need mu- mm-hmm. munitions. There's so much that that is required to get mm-hmm. uh, one of these particular that- uh, pl- planes in operation that it just could not be done the way he's talking about. And NATO has A-10s in the area. I believe, I don't know whether they're in, the, they're in Estonia or Lithuania, uh, but they're there as part of the NATO mission, and they are backed up by uh, serious fighters to care, provide mm-hmm. combat air patrol. Anyways, his tactically impossible suggestion got nearly 600 likes and 6,000 retweets from his Twitter following. And, of course, anyone who points out the folly of Wilson's suggestion will be accused of being a traitorous Putin student. Oh, but see, he's Uh, an expert. He's an expert. And you had a a post early in the whole week about listening to the experts. Ah, yes. Ah, aha. Yeah. Um. The headline oh, uh, is from a guy named Lyle Goldstein, who who apparently is a a, a credentialed uh, expert at uh, some think tank or other. Uh, his headline was "Why a Ukrainian Insurgency Against Russia Is Likely to Fail." Go ahead. They have to know where to. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. Rocket artillery is the least of is is yeah, it's nasty if they know where to aim. Yeah, if you want to fly, but it's essentially uh, there to flatten an area. Yeah, yeah, but if they're not in the area and given and this is Ukraine, they know their territory. <laughs> Well, part of the problem is, part of the problem is, is that one of the reasons I wrote this is that I had seen headlines like, Mm. uh, you know, Thursday before last on the first day Mm -hmm. of the invasion uh, with uh, 
intelligence officials, U.S. officials, informed sources, right, saying that uh, that Kiev, as I'm going to continue to call it, uh, Kiev could fall as soon as the first weekend, four days, that they mm-hmm. they they couldn't see uh, Kiev holding out. Well, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a battalion of Russian paratroopers got wiped out trying mm. to take an airport up there. They, 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 uh, they have wiped out hundreds of Soviet tanks and armored personnel carriers. The mm-hmm. uh, Russian casualties are estimated in the thousands killed uh, mm-hmm. to say nothing of the wounded. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, but you see, the Russian kids who are uh, being sent to do this uh, aren't properly motivated. They aren't properly led. Meanwhile, you've got a bunch of Ukrainians who th- think uh, this is serious. We could stop existing as a nation, and yeah. this, and also are competent, are cont- competently led into the bargain. It appears that it appears that the Ukrainians are. Have taken every lesson that they got from our uh, our instructors to heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, I, I had another post called "War and the Meaning of Nationhood," which uh, I, mm-hmm. I said on uh, uh, Facebook. I think was one of the best little things I've written in a while. It, it's and, a very good post. And and there's a, it's a woman holding aloft a poster with this simple message. If Russia stops fighting, there will be no war. If Ukraine stops fighting, there will be no more Ukraine. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. And I make the point that I was taught, you know, when I was in school, okay, what they taught us was that war Right uh, to to take a radical slogan from the past that war is the health of the state. Okay, mm-hmm. that the military power is the founding of the nation. Okay, mm-hmm. that the nation cannot exist without military power. That it, it that this is if you go back, you trace it back as far as you can go. It is military mm-hmm. power that makes the nation and the nation can and, and, and the defense of the nation is the first duty of government. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. on the other hand, once you commit your, your forces, you, you have to give them the wherewithal to execute their mission. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why the Russian advance has gone <laughs> more slowly than they expected is, <laughs> um, they are having trouble getting food and fuel and other uh, support uh, stuff that's needed up to the front lines for the uh, soldiers to use. Uh, mm-hmm. And Russia, having uh, cheap Chinese tires fall apart on you and throwing tracks every 10 paces, or at least that, that's what it's starting to look like. Well, they, they, don't, they don't have... Don't get the, you moving. They don't have the wherewithal uh, for a reliable supply train. I mean, I'm seeing pictures of Russian vehicles off the side of the road mm-hmm. that, like you, as you mentioned, don't have a tire on one or more of the wheels or mm-hmm. have thrown a track or have uh, a lot of them have oil running yeah. down the hub, which means the seals, uh, the lube seals have failed. Uh, uh, and, and they're it, not going to go very far that way. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they'll, 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 the, the wheels on the bus don't go round and round in that. Uh, no, case. they do not. They kind of seize up and start screaming. Well, none of that. Even if it's not cheap, uh, uh, even if it's not cheap uh, Chinese tires, I mean, one of the things you have to do on heavy equipment like that that's that, that's got tires is at least once or twice a month you have to uh, turn the engine over to run the tire pressure system to keep mm-hmm. the tires properly inflated because if they're mm-hmm. not properly inflated and they're exposed to too much sunlight, the, oh, mm-hmm. the sidewalls rot, uh, yeah. uh, particularly if they're cheap, tiny Chinese tires. So, you know, basically while the Russians have not been able to keep their soldiers fed, 
the mm -hmm. Ukrainians have been at least keeping them uh, warm uh, with the fires from the vehicles they've set alight with javelins and Molotov cocktails. Mm -hmm. It's you know, and this keeping warm and fed is 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 a secret to 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 a, a winning campaign. It may be that the Russians are going to just brute force this thing through. Okay, they can do it. Uh, that with is kind of a Russian thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's the it's it's, it's the Zukov principle of uh, combat. Just roll over them and and keep going till you win. Uh, mm. But as Stacy points out. If they keep That's pushing right. and keep pushing and keep escalating and keep escalating, they're teetering on the brink of bringing in other people. Yeah, the good news mm -hmm. is we've avoided World War III so far. So far. <laughs> the bad news is Ukraine is getting pounded to hell. Being a student of history, and particularly of military history, I've struggled to resist the feeling that I'm living through a sequel to The Guns of August. And I give mm -hmm. you, if you will go to my blog, the link to The Guns of August by Barbara Touchman, which won the Pulitzer Prize for history, by the way. Mm -hmm. that Her account of how Europe stumbled into a war that was the worst in human history. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know that World War II World War II managed to top it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, the the round two, in other words, the absolute slaughter uh, inflicted, especially on France, but oh, yeah. also on Germany. The that that what Germany uh, suffered in that, and the Russians for that matter. But it destroyed four empires, mm -hmm. uh, including the the victorious empires. Ultimately. Uh, you know, it, is that um, anyone who thinks, you know, that we could not stumble into war here, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and all these hawks uh, just terrify me. You know, you're yeah, you're not alone. It's it's I get the feeling sometimes that we've got um, politicians and armchair keyboard warriors um posturing who are in grave danger of posturing us into an actual war with Russia. Yeah, and, and that's and, a bad thing. And and what kills me about this is that is that this binary logic that the mm. that the uh, you know David French's and so and so of the, the the you know the, the never Trump types do it that if you don't agree with them then you're pro Putin. Now mm -hmm. I you know uh, I am not in favor of the conquest of the Ukraine. Okay, no. <laughs> I am against this. Okay, I, I you know, and Very the thing is, is that uh, if the Ukrainians can't win this on their own, there's very little that the West can do. Okay. Uh, without risking World War Three, I mean, it's just yeah. unthinkable. Well, well, not only that, you know, uh, people are saying, uh, you know, Putin needs to be taken out. Well, what do you get? Uh, what do you get in, 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 in? You know, what's the next thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Khrushchev got taken out. And we got Brezhnev. Yeah. <laughs> well, know, let me put it this way: they don't really understand Russian history. Or Russia, if they think that there's that that's going to happen, um, and I cannot believe. Okay, Sean Hannity is an idiot, and I have no problem saying that. Um, or at least he tends to be. He tends to be very much the guy with the sledgehammer. But I cannot believe that Lindsey Graham actually said that. <laughs> well, yeah, particularly since uh, he's a. Uh, a former Air Force legal officer. He should know yeah. better. Yeah, uh, somebody tweeted, somebody uh, posted to Facebook, I believe, uh, uh, a meme that, that was an old Russian joke. Mm. Um, it, it, the Russian man goes to the uh, newsstand and, and uh, buys a paper and he picks it up and he looks at the front page and throws it in the garbage can. The next day he goes back same thing, picks up the paper, looks at the front page, throws it in the garbage can. Third day, he does it, and the, the guy behind the newsstand counter says, what's, what's going on here? He says, I'm just looking for the obituaries. 
says, yes, but the obituaries aren't on the front page. He says, the one I'm looking for will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's like I I cannot uh, imagine. I cannot imagine that you know that the families of the soldiers being killed uh, are are would would condone. You know, I mean, what are they dying for? It makes no sense one at of, all. One of the brilliant propagandists that the uh, Ukrainians are doing is letting the captured soldiers call their mothers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I've seen that. I've seen video. That's a that. nice it, one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, uh, but, but, but see, that's having an effect and you can see that if, for example, the Russians are starting to give a little bit, you look at their, they're allowing a ceasefire in, in one city, which they are, which they are cheerily violating. Yes, but at least at least they signed up for something like that. They see that that sort of stuff, you know, that, that if they if they're seen as being too, they're they're getting the fact that uh, they're not making it internationally in terms of mm. uh, uh, selling their message. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so at least they have enough of a connection to reality that they understand that much of it. On the other mm. hand. There are crazy people in the world. Yes, and crazy and they, people are. And they live in New York, and they elect Democrats. Okay, uh, on, on my blog under the heading of "Crazy People Are Dangerous," I introduce you to Frank Obroqua, thirty-seven, who was arrested in New York City more than twenty times since nineteen ninety-nine. Now I know many of my readers. Uh, are good at math, and so they realize this means this perpetrator has been perpetrating at least mm. one crime a year since he was 14 years old. Yes. While other readers may be wondering what kind of name is a Broqua. I looked Well, the up. answer is Ghanaian. He's, his, his parents, he or his parents are immigrants from Ghana. So there's apparently a shortage of career criminals in New York, and they're importing them and turning them loose to terrorize the country, the citizenry. But I don't feel sorry for the citizens of New York because they voted for these policies. Joe Biden got 78% of the vote in Manhattan and 61% statewide. The state legislature, controlled by Democrats, enacted, enacted a bail reform law that mandated the release of nearly all criminal suspects without paying a cent of bail. That this has resulted in an unprecedented crime wave should surprise no one. It was predicted at the time the bail reform law was being debated, but the Democrats who run New York simply didn't care. So, recall... H.L. Mencken's famous observation, democracy <laughs> is the theory that the common people know what they want and deserve to get it good and hard. Well, yeah. how about being smeared with feces good and hard? A Bronx man, and there's the story, a Bronx man who allegedly smeared human feces on a woman's face on a subway platform last week has been arrested, New York uh, PD said uh, he approached a 43-year-old woman who was sitting on the bench of the southbound platform of the Wakefield 241st Street subway station in the Bronx about 5.15 Monday. Suddenly, without saying a word, he hit the unsuspecting woman in the face and the back of her head with human feces before fleeing. <laughs> You know, maybe the crazy people who are dangerous are just the citizens of New York, and we should uh, institutionalize all of them. Uh, Set uh, up a fence. Well, they're, I they're, a danger, out, they're a danger to themselves and others. Yes. Well, I pointed out that the Bronx, this happened in the Bronx, which is represented in Congress by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If so, I find it difficult to say she does not deserve to be smeared with feces. Were it within my power to make it possible, everyone who voted for AOC, who got 152,000 votes in 2020, 
would be treated the same way. Okay, I had to throw that in there. But anyways, so this guy is not only a feces smearer, harmful to women, but he's also a Jew hater who attacked a guy, an old guy wearing a yarmulke. And so turning loose Jew-hating fanatics to terrorize the public, this is the Democratic Party's 2020 midterm campaign platform. Crazy people are dangerous. Yeah, yes. we're done for another week, folks. <laughs> Stacy's I'm having more fun than is legal. And Let's we'll be supper. back here next Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We'll see ya. Diana, have a good time in New Orleans. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Bye. Good night, folks. Mr. Briggs.